0: Head to mybookie.ag and use promo code Gators to activate the offer. Bet, win, get paid at MyBookie. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave_SCC. underscore SCC. And Florida will host the Towson and Tigers at 4 o'clock on the SEC Network this Saturday. And joining me on this episode to take a look at Florida and the game is UF student and read and reaction contributor Olivia Graniola. We'll get her thoughts on the 4-0 start for the Gators and what she's looking for versus the Tigers. Before we get there, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News 4 Jacks sports team. Catch the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube as well. When using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. Follow us on social media on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. Also, every week in a News 4 jacks exclusive, Talking with Troop, former Gators tied in. Ben Troop joins me every week this season on News 4 jacks and gives his thoughts on the Gators like only he can. You know Ben brings it every time and you can catch that every week exclusively on news 4 jackscom slash Gators Breakdown Talking with Troop. I am now joined by Olivia Graniola, University of Florida student, and also helping out Will Miles over at ReadAndReaction.com. Olivia, welcome to Gators Breakdown.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem, no problem. Let's get right into it. The Gators currently set up 4-0 with wins over Miami, Kentucky, and most recently Tennessee in that stretch. We really don't know how good those wins are or are not just yet. So uh, neither of those teams look like a top 25 team right now. But as for Florida, a different looking 4-0 than many expected. Uh, But they are 4-0 with a great chance to go 5-0 against Towson this week. We know the national narrative isn't too friendly towards Florida, but still getting ranked in the top 10. How would you assess the Gators in the first third of the season?
1: So I think thus far, it's easy to look at it as a Florida fan and say, wow, the Gators are four. No, this is great. They've allowed this many points. They've scored this many points. But when you look at the opponents, it's really, once you really think about the opponents, it's really not super impressive. I mean, Kentucky has a chance to be in the top 25 at some point this year um Sawyer Smith's a pretty good quarterback um they've got they've got a really nice defense but Tennessee is just as bad as everyone's been saying all year if not worse and they lost to Georgia State and then Miami which looked, who looked really really good at the start of the season has just gotten worse and worse every week I mean they barely just beat Central Michigan with Jim McElwain and all Florida fans have their own opinions about Jim McElwain and maybe he can coach but the talent caliber that he's working with at Central Michigan is nowhere near what he had at Florida. And Miami barely beating Central Michigan is nothing to be proud of. Um, even this weekend, the Gators have got Towson coming up. They're pretty good for FCS, but anyone who's pretending that it's not going to be a blowout or uh, another really easy game is just fooling themselves. The real test coming up is Auburn. And even Dan Mullen's been saying at media that even the practice for this week at Towson will be some sort of a preparation for Auburn. 4-0 no, sounds great. It looks great on paper. Top 10 team looks great on paper. But the Gators really haven't had much of a test despite what the scores were in the Miami and the Kentucky game. We really haven't seen much yet.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, October gauntlet coming up. Uh, but we know uh, you've been on campus uh, and get a good feel uh, for what's going around there. And, and, and you know, good uh, a good part of uh, getting the thoughts on the team from other media you've been around and students as well. Uh, of course, the biggest headline so far this season is quarterback Felipe Franks going down with injury and Kyle Trask taking over. What's been the reaction of the transition at quarterback dating back to last week with Franks going down, Trask taking over, and Trask's performance
1: so far? So in the beginning, it was very 50-50 split. It was Felipe Franks is the quarterback. Felipe Franks is the only quarterback for me, and without Felipe Franks, there's nothing that we can do. And then the other half is thinking – I'm on the Trask train, Kyle Trask is the only quarterback, Kyle Trask should have been the starter since he got to campus. But now the um, the opinions have kind of settled in. And yes, Frank's had his surgery, which, thank God, went well. And now that we're seeing more of Trask, it's actually a little bit surprising that he hasn't been in, at least for a couple package plays or a couple, a couple reps here and there, because he's doing really well. And something that a lot of the, the students on campus are really liking about Trask is, I hate to harp on this again because I don't think it's a big deal, but a lot of people didn't really like Frank's attitude. Just like the, the national media, which I do this, and the shushing, especially the shushing, I guess, the students and things of that sort. And Traff is just super – he's just very level. I mean, I saw him at Gator Walk this week, and, you know, all the guys, they, they love to ham it up, for lack of a better term. They love to talk to the fans. Kyle Traff just walked in a straight line. He smiled at people. He, Saw his family. Oh my gosh, his family! I've never seen a family look so proud of their kid before. He was locked in, and I personally thought that, you know, we're not really going to do super well with Trask. He hasn't had too much of a a chance to get his his feet wet. And when he's come in as a reliever, he's done pretty well. But as a whole, I don't know. But I've definitely changed my tune, and a lot of the other people who were definitely getting more comfortable with Felipe as a full time starter are definitely. At least
0: have one foot on the traffic train. <laughs> yeah, that that train's moving fast. Everybody better get on board. <laughs> no 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 other choice now. So uh Olivia Graniola, University of Florida student and uh, at readingreaction.com jumping on Gators Breakdown here uh this week. Olivia, uh you've seen uh you must have seen this coming last week for Jonathan Grenard. Uh, you featured him over at Read Reaction last week and and said, "quote You know, Grenard would need will need to be a problem this weekend for Tennessee quarterback Jack Garantano and the Vols' offensive line, with his compatriot Zuniga nursing an ankle injury. A steady dose of Grenard in the backfield will, will force Garantano into mistakes." So there, you called it. Uh, it happened. Uh, you know, it, it was every, he was everything you pinpointed in that article heading into the Tennessee game.
1: Well, I am a little bit of a prophet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I, am a huge, <laughs> I am a huge fan of Grenard, and obviously his on-the-field production is amazing. I mean, I think I saw stats somewhere, I think it was PPF, where Zuniga and Grenard are two of the top three defensive linemen, the highest rated out in the country, and I'm pretty sure the number two guy was from Charlotte or something. So, Grenard, obviously, is making an impact on the national level. He's done a great job targeting the quarterback. I mean, the way that he just runs at the quarterback, it's, like, kind of animalistic. I mean, he just runs at them, gets his, gets his reps. And something else that I really like about Grenard that I definitely haven't seen from an individual Gator in a long time is how passionate he is. I mean, if he's not sitting – I mean, excuse me, if he's not playing – he's sitting on the sideline. he's either talking to his teammates about, and he's pointing. And of course, I don't know what he's saying, but you can tell every single second, he's either analyzing, hyping up or playing. I mean, he takes that entire three, four hour, however long it is with commercial breaks these days. And he is just completely immersed in the game. And I mean, he's just such a team player. You see at the buck position, Jeremiah, and Jeremiah Moon's stats are really not that different from Grenard. He has like maybe two less tackles, a couple less sacks, but, there's, I mean, if Grenard wasn't there, Moon would probably do almost as good a job. But something that Grenard has is like the intangible attitude that I guess Gator Nation has been craving for such a long time. Just a guy who's happy to be there, grateful to be there, loves the Gators. I mean, every time I talk to him at media or anytime he's up at media, he just seems so happy to be there. <laughs> and that's just something that's so admirable on top of his stellar on-production on field, or on-field production.
0: And it's funny, too, you go back and look at it, and, uh, you know, Will and I talked about the the, the the grad transfers and the transfers Florida's brought in from the portal, but you go and look at it, and you talk about attitude, and look, you, you go and look at Grenard, you look at Jefferson, you look at Grimes, you look at Schuler. For whatever reason, those guys seem to have uh, kind of a, you know, you look at the attitudes of those four guys that they brought in, uh, you can tell that uh, they, they enjoy being Gators and maybe part of transferring in, uh, maybe may transferring in as part of that.
1: I definitely agree with that. I mean, you see all their careers at their other schools. Um, Grenard and Jefferson probably did the best out of those groups. Yep. But, you know, Ole Miss is not <laughs> – the best place to be when Jefferson left. And, you know, Louisville, something different. Grenard grew up a Gator fan. I mean, we was all seen that picture of him with his little glasses and his little Gator Gator gear. It's really cute, you know. You really love a good Florida kid. But I think part of the reason is they feel like they're making up for lost time. I mean, when I spoke to Grenard after the um, Tennessee game, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, you know, this is what it means to be a Gator. This is what it means to be at the University of Florida, and that just stuck with me so well. I mean, not only is it Grenard himself buying in, and all the other transfer guys buying in, it's actually the product that Dan Mullen is selling. You see it coming to fruition with the guys that they brought in. And Dan Mullen, he sells a product. You know, you hear you hear the Gator standard time and time again, but. To actually see the benefit being brought out is really – it's really it's really a great thing to see. I mean, when I started here, we had Jim McElwain as coach. We didn't have Will Greer at quarterback – or, excuse me, Florida didn't have Will Greer at quarterback anymore. And it was kind of in disarray on the whole death threat thing. I mean, people thought Florida was a very weird place, for lack of a better word. And I feel like now Mullen has brought up the morale. And you see people coming in and out of the transfer portal – you know, Miami's taken a lot of transfers. And, yes, the guys at Miami do seem happy to be Hurricanes, but a lot of times you kind of wonder why guys transferred. And, of course, you never know the reasons, but it seems to me like everybody who transferred from another school to UF came because they wanted to be a Gator and they wanted to be a part of what Mullen is building. And I feel like Bernard maybe embodies that the best of all of the transfers.
0: our right, last thought here. You know, Towson coming up, overmatched opponent. Uh, you know, as fans are really kind of looking forward to the uh, October gauntlet, start with Auburn. Uh, what are you looking for this weekend as the Gators go, go against Towson? Of course, you know, first and foremost, hopefully this team stays healthy. Yes.
1: Yeah. Health is number one. I mean, we've seen guys go down, Tony and Henderson, both number ones. That's tough. And you've seen Zuniga go down. That's tough. But something that I'm really looking forward to is actually seeing the little guys get in and play because – At this point, every Gator fan knows what the top guys can do. Everyone knows Marco Wilson is a beast. Everyone knows that the receiver group is one of the best in the nation. But what we don't see as fans necessarily is the day in and day out of the younger guys. I mean, Chris Bogle has been a force. I mean, I actually tweeted about him and Elam about what great guests they were from uh, taken away from presumably what was thought to be Alabama and Georgia. And you really see what top recruiting does for a program. I mean, Chris Bogle is a monster for lack of a better term. Every time he's on the field, he makes a play. And as a true freshman, that's super, I mean, it's something that you need on a team and Elam same what he's had two interceptions. He's made some pass breakups. He's made some nice tackles. He actually started in place of CJ Henderson, which is, I mean, there's not really much there, but I feel like Elam might've even surpassed some of the older guys on the depth chart and, you know, Chester, Kimbrough, Jaden Hill, they're, they're really getting in there as well. Diabate, some of those younger guys I really am liking to see because really that's the future of the program. After this year, Jonathan Grenard won't be there anymore. Javari Junigo won't be there anymore. There's a high probability C.J. Henderson won't be in Gainesville anymore. People are like that. And it's really nice to see the future kind of develop as during those during those games that maybe aren't so fun to watch, those blowout games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely, uh, you know, a, a key part of, of playing these teams that uh, you are so much better than. And, and, you know, going back to, you know, Jim McIlwain, as you went to back, you went back to earlier and Will Mush champion, you know, they didn't blow these teams out. They weren't able to get the young guys on the field. And that maybe hurt some development for those young players and doesn't really seem to be a problem uh, under Dan Mullen uh, you know, right now in his first two seasons at Florida. Uh, Olivia, of course, uh, you do help Will Miles over there at, at Reading Reaction. What you got coming up this week over there on that site?
1: Um, I've got another defender, and this week I'll be talking about Sean Davis. I think Sean Davis is definitely a guy who not too many people were expecting to come out of the rotation looking good, and he's just – he's blown me away, honestly. I mean, you you think of the starters. You think of Donovan Steiner. You think of Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor's been in a red non-contact jersey almost his whole time. Donovan Steiner – you always – or not you, anybody really, always thinks that he's gonna be able to make those gritty plays and he always falls a little bit short. And obviously Brad Stewart is extremely talented, but his some of his off the field issues have contributed to him not seeing the field more. But really Sean Davis has stepped up in a way that I don't think anyone else on the team has been able to maximize their on field time as much as Sean Davis. And a lot of that, so he says, comes down to confidence. And I love a good feel good yeah I kind of came into myself story and Sean Davis is really providing that so on read and reaction I hope people like Sean Davis as much as I do and I hope they like what I'm
0: saying absolutely uh, everybody can go check it out there later this week at readandreaction.com Olivia hey thanks for joining on joining me here on Gators Breakdown
1: of course always a pleasure
0: are you ready to bet on some football my bookie is the place to bet on football every week whether you want to make a national title bet or wager on this weekend's games, my bookie has you covered. My bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. Have some fun with betting this season. My bookie lets you bet on which college coaches will get fired, who will make the college football playoff, or win the Heisman trophy. You can even bet on halftime lines and live odds. By the second half, if it looks like your original bet's going to lose, you can always just take the other side. Also, MyBookie allows you to bet on FBS vs. FCS games. Right now, double your first deposit at MyBookie. Use promo code GATORS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at mybookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G and don't forget to use promo code GATORS when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid at MyBookie. Let's take a look at these Towson Tigers. They were uh, upset by Villanova, 52-45 to in overtime last week. Towson was ranked 5th in the FCS going into that game and dropped to 10th after the loss. Redshirt senior quarterback Tom Flacco, yes, that's Joe Flacco's little brother, passed for 304 yards, rushed for 110, and accounted for two touchdowns. Towson has a ninth ranked scoring offense in the FCS. 28th in passing offense with 276 yards a game. And quarterback Tom Flacco has thrown for 1,092 yards and has a six touchdown to one interception ratio. Their defense comes in 71st overall in the FCS, but has a knack for creating some turnovers. They're second in the FCS in that department with 12 takeaways and second in the FCS in turnover margin at plus nine. And look, guys, you know. For being honest with ourselves, this game is much more about Florida and what they can do and what the staff wants to work on heading into the October stretch that will define the season. Uh, as good as Towson is in the FCS, this should not be a competitive game. On offense, I expect this to be a run heavy approach by Mullen and the staff. One last game to really be able to work on some of the issues there. Maybe pass early to get Trask some throws and then get him out of there to limit injury chances. But I think we see a good bit of Emory Jones in this game and the offense to look much like it did in the fourth quarter versus Tennessee. Uh, you're you're in a situation now where you have to protect Trask. Health is more important than, than reps to me right now. I don't think Emory will come in and pass all that much either. I might be overthinking it, but I do think the offense with him in there has been pretty conservative so far, and, and that might be by design. It was much, you know, it, it was much more open for him as as a true freshman at points last season when he was in there in the limited times versus Georgia and, and Michigan. I expect more conservative play here versus Towson, and, and I guess the staff can look at this as an opportunity to put more on film for opponents to you know to have to prep for. But I think play calling once again is close to the vest by design. I do expect more aggressive and creative play calling. You know, with Embry Jones during the October gauntlet, and when he gets his chance versus those teams, but I don't expect to see it too much versus Towson. I think we see run, run, and run some more to get that offensive line more reps in game situations, tinker with Richard Garage in there some more, get the younger offensive lineman plenty of reps, try to build some depth there as well. You know, this is the last cupcake game of the season, so that's kind of what you can do here. So, scoring may not be as high in this game because of the focus on the run game and and really diving deep into the depth chart here on offense. And you'll see a little bit on that on defense as well, I think too. But staying healthy priority number 1 of course. Hopefully, hopefully the offense gets off to a fast start, gets the starters and and some impact reserves off the field for this defense as well. Uh plenty of players buried on the depth chart can get some early playing time uh due to needing to keep the starters and key pieces healthy. Uh, it could be a sluggish second half if that's the case for Florida. You know, plenty of reserve players will be inserted, and in the young defensive backs, uh, you know, Flacco's, it will come out and throw the ball. So I do think they, they'd be, the, the, the Florida defensive backs will get plenty of work here. Uh, so Elam, Kimbrough, Hill will get plenty of reps as well. Uh, we'll get to see the young defensive end and buck players like Zach Carter, Andrew Chatfield, Mamu Diabate, and Chris Bogle out there. And, uh, you know, will the focus be there so we can see these players continue to shine? You know, they're they're not going to get as much playing time coming up in, in this big stretch here. So, you know, hopefully they're out there. They're doing their job. They're focused and can continue to put together a pretty impressive early resume so far for those guys. So while it may not look flashy because I really think Mullen uses this game to work on things, also get into the depth chart a little bit more. I still expect Florida to take care of business the way they're supposed to. So my prediction for this one is 40-10 to Gators uh, as they play well in the tune-up before that season-defining stretch. Before we go on this episode of Gators Breakdown, let's take a look at some games of interest coming up this weekend. Let's start in the SEC at noon. Texas A&M and Arkansas in Arlington, Texas. Uh, Another neutral side SEC game there. Ooh man, Arkansas uh, is not going too well for them. And Texas A&M looks, try to, tries to bounce back from that Auburn game last week. Uh, can Vanderbilt get their first win of the season? Sitting at 0-3 right now, 0-2 in the SEC. Uh, going against Northern Illinois in Nashville. The 3-30 CBS game of the week. Alabama and Ole Miss. Uh, no, I don't think that's... Uh, yeah, you know, CBS is picking that game just because they get to the show Alabama. <laughs> that game's going to be over with uh, in the second quarter more than likely. So, you know, not a not a good premiere matchup for CBS this week at 3:30. Of course, Towson in Florida is at four o'clock on the SEC Network, and then at night, here we go. Uh, some a couple competitive games here. Uh, Auburn the week before they come to Gainesville plays Mississippi State. I think that's going to be a, a pretty close game uh, there at Auburn and Jordan Hare Stadium. So 4-0 Auburn, 3-1 Mississippi State. I think that's going to be a, a, an intense, uh, hard-hitting game there. And then the night cap in the SEC on the SEC network, Kentucky and South Carolina. South Carolina trying to pick up the pieces from Missouri. Lost last week in Kentucky. Also trying to pick up the pieces uh, a little bit uh, as well after getting beat last week, um, the week after uh, losing to Florida. So 1-3 and South Carolina, 2-2 and Kentucky both looking for a a victory to kind of you know maybe put something together uh, as we move closer to October for those teams as well now probably uh, must win for South Carolina uh, I think and some confidence for Will Muschamp uh, and that program so man uh, a pretty important game for Kentucky and South Carolina and then of course uh, FSU hosts NC State as well as another game of interest. Uh, Miami on a bye week this week. Uh, there, so not much, not not big games this week. But of course, we know we we'll need to. We'll, we'll all keep an eye on the uh, FSU game just because it's uh, you know uh, the, the team we play at the end of the year, and uh, they'll get up big probably. And we'll see if NC State can uh, come back in the second half like all these other teams have on FSU schedule so far this year. Be sure to check out Talking With Troop later this week at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. And if you haven't yet, the previous episode of Gators Breakdown where Will, Miles, and I take a look at the 4-0 start and how it looks different than expected so far uh, this year for the Gators. I am the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at gatordave_sec. underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.